With uncertainties across the economy and markets, we expect a bumpy ride for investors in the months and years ahead. In this special episode, we will highlight ways to manage that in your portfolio construction. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbeds. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners. And by sharing these perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us for this special episode of Market Matters. Last week, we published our mid-year outlook, which has some really useful pieces for investors, and we wanted to give it its own special place on the podcast to highlight what we think are the most interesting and important and useful components. This special episode is number two of three in the series. So Mm -hmm. last week, we talked about scenarios for the economy, and now we're going to put our money where our mouth is and focus on how to allocate based on well, whatever you think will happen. This is definitely my favorite section. Now, Robert, we're supposed to love all of our insights children equally. (laughs) All right. Well, it just came together really nicely. It's like the most nicely compiled investment insight children. Uh, And there's little good nuggets of information for advisors and investors. So I just think it's a good one. Well, why don't we start high level and introduce the framework we use for thinking about investing? You said at the top of the program that uncertainty is going to persist and volatility will too. So how does that make its way into portfolio options? Yeah, exactly. So I I don't think investors know what forces will guide the market narrative on the other side of the crisis. And that's likely to express itself in a number of ways. High market volatility, so really big daily changes in price, unstable correlations, and that's the relationship between assets and rapid shifts in factor or sector leadership, like the drivers of return. So if an investor isn't careful about how they're approaching their tactical investments, a small change could have a relatively outsized impact on your overall return. I hear you, and we use this perspective a lot with clients. Lots of volatility means any change from your strategic allocation will be felt in the portfolio. But I want to be careful to say that this doesn't mean investors have to avoid any changes in their portfolio. Tactical positions have the potential to enhance long-term returns. The point is more that we shouldn't use tactical allocations to dominate the strategic allocation or long-term allocation. Instead, we encourage investors to stay true to their goals, maintain overall risk levels close to their portfolio benchmark risk, and carefully consider diversification and take hedges seriously too. That's really well said. And I got to take everything you just said and put together a portfolio. I got together, socially distanced, of course, uh, over Zoom with my colleague and friend, Amit Sony, who's a portfolio manager on our team. And he helped to apply all those ideas mathematically to portfolio construction. Though I have to admit, it's probably more art than science. It's wizardry, really. It's amazing. (laughs) So without getting too technical, we limited all tactical portfolio changes to one-fifth of total strategic risk. In practice, we call this tracking error in portfolio management. So we had a 1% to 2% tracking error relative to a portfolio's benchmark. 
okay, that makes sense. The idea is that you use an allocation tool to ensure you aren't taking too big or too many risky changes. What do you do with that? Well, that's where you, your outlook, and the rest of the team came in. We took the scenarios and expanded on them in terms of potential market outcomes or or market direction. Okay, so what you're saying is you look at how would, whether it's a risk factor or asset class, how would that respond to certain changes in the economy or the shape of the economic recovery? Exactly. So an optimal solution for every shape of the recovery could be identified, each rooted with an investor's own risk tolerance and goals. You have a V-shaped recovery portfolio, like global synchronized growth. You have an L-shaped recovery where potentially a bear market persists. And you have a K-shaped recovery, which is more range-bound and volatile. Ah, uh, the alphabet soup of recoveries. V-Y-U-L square root. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about how it's our pet peeve before, but being serious, uh, <laughs> we, have to, we have to talk about these things. Okay, fine. Um, and, and I do think they're actually really helpful visualizations, so I don't mean to make fun of them. But so a V-shaped portfolio illustrates an appropriate path for investors expecting the economy to continue its sharp recovery and corporate profits to follow. On the other hand, kind of opposite portfolio, the L-shaped portfolio assumes that the economy is liable to get worse from here and that current valuations don't really reward investors for taking that risk. The third one you mentioned, though, the K-shaped recovery, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. So could you explain it a little? Yeah, of course. And it's definitely a little different and it gets used very widely across the street to mean different things. But the the meaning for this uh, research paper was that the K-shaped portfolio sees that policy support, uh, so monetary and fiscal policy, all the things we've talked about, allows asset prices to bridge the economic gap created by COVID-19, but not without a lot of disruption. In this case, we expect some valuation stagnation in the months and perhaps even the years ahead. Okay, got it. So valuation stagnation, a volatile market, but within probably a certain range. So in that type of environment, the K, sort of the upward line and downward line, suggests that some companies are going to win big from the COVID and post-COVID environment, and others probably will fail. Exactly, exactly. So within the outlook piece that you wrote, each portfolio has an illustrative overweight and underweight for each asset class, like equities or stocks, uh, fixed income or bonds, as well as sub-asset classes like small cap stocks or junk bonds. Yes, yes. We built these recommendations, assuming that most investors are really well diversified or have a mix, at at least have a mix of both stocks and bonds in their portfolio. In some cases, we recommend slightly more exposure to one or the other, depending on your view of the economy and market risk. Awesome. So why don't you walk us through one of those ideas? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I was hoping, hoping you'd ask. An investor following the V portfolio is really trying to capture that improved economic environment you were talking about. Y'all know the drill. If there's a rapid recovery, then you need more demand for goods and more investment to meet that demand. Manufacturing has to pick up to fill demand and to catch up those depleted inventories. And this requires commodities. It requires capital equipment. It requires labor. So for this environment, investors can sell the recent winners which were the more defensive so-called COVID-proof names, and they can redistribute those proceeds 
to more cyclical sectors, uh, relatively inexpensive parts of the market that just haven't been doing as well during the crisis. And at the same time, it probably makes sense to move further down the credit stack, uh, credit ratings, into junk bonds and convertible bonds. Oh, that's an interesting take on a typical risk on exposure. So you're thinking cyclically, adding risk exposure, but also trying to be prudent about the remaining uncertainty and specifically where you add that risk exposure. Yes, exactly. I like that because I think there's a case to be made, even if it's not our base case, that things will continue to improve from here, especially, for example, if we got an upside surprise where the virus is concerned. But until the virus is behind us, even a risk-on posture should acknowledge the risk that it's still here. Exactly, exactly. But uh, a risk-on attitude is is definitely not everyone's view. And we've certainly spoken to a lot of advisors and investors who are still skeptical about this market. Right. So let's talk about then the maybe, again, the opposite case, an L-shaped economic recovery that that assumes the economy gets worse from here, credit and equity markets aren't priced according to that risk. And so we face some potential downside. Yeah, exactly. So uh, while this isn't our base case necessarily, either this portfolio is all about becoming more defensive with your investments because you're skeptical of what's going on in the market right now. The idea here is that an investor may consider profit-taking in positions that have rallied the most. So it's a similar first action. But you use those proceeds to shore up portfolio defenses should the market revert to more appropriate valuations. It's also important to take hedges seriously here. Hedges like gold. Hedges can be inherently expensive and they come with some high opportunity costs. You know, you're missing out on yield and return via stocks or bonds. That said, they can also dampen volatility and they can help investors stay invested for the long haul. Again, I I like this approach because it's pretty balanced in contrast to the first, oh, we're excited about the economy, but still careful approach. It's more like a, we're not excited about the economy at all, but stay invested mindset. And I think that's a really clever way and aligns nicely with the conventional knowledge about investing. Thanks. Okay. But I'm really curious about this K-shaped portfolio. In a way, it feels like it's the closest portfolio to our team's perspective policy support cushions against downside risk, but the pandemic will remain a disruptive force. So if you put those together, you have a range-bound and volatile market for months, maybe years. Yeah, in a way, it is closest to our team view. And I really like some of the ideas in the portfolio too. Uh, So at the top, it's a bit more balanced, very small underweight to stocks, and the rest is allocated to bonds. The more interesting part, though, is how it uses portfolio construction at the sub-asset class level to try to pick up more yield and also provide some nice portfolio complements. So for example, by moving from investment-grade securities into high-yield credit, into junk bonds, investors get a big yield pickup. But it's also an implicit cyclical value call. So high-yield tends to perform better as the economy improves and is less sensitive to rising rates. Uh, just because of the sectors that issue high yield bonds. So if you also take your equity sleeve and overweight growth stocks, that should help maintain sector balance in the overall portfolio. I like that way of thinking about balancing risk and reward. I, uh, I have to say, though, I mentioned that there's an allocation to ESG stocks in this portfolio. It sounds like kind of a cool way to enhance the broader theme. Yes, the forces of ESG that we think 
have given rise to ESG recently uh, and more sustainable business practices. And this is all prior to the pandemic, right? This is like technology, climate change, social norms. Those things have only accelerated with COVID-19. So, you know, in the K-shaped portfolio, there's something to be said that corporations that fail to transform their business models to focus on environmental impact or social good or solid governance will be replaced by others that have adapted flexibility to thrive in this new world that probably values smart, clean, and healthy activities. But I'm sure we're going to talk about that next week when we go into your future state section. Yes, we will talk about that next week, but and more on that in a second. But before we get there, these are three really well-considered portfolio ideas. Do you have a favorite one or which elements you would pick out to use? Well... We wrap up the section with some of our own views, uh, less related to portfolio construction and more to just what we're seeing in the investment environment. We talk about high yield bonds. We talk about valuations. We talk about active management. I really highly recommend that all our listeners peruse this section, but just in case they, they, you don't have time, the most important thing in that section, I, I believe, is a reminder about investing. As equities rally, we've talked about how it can be really tempting to chase the market buying the hype behind high-flying names and strategies. But it's really important to remember that speculating is not investing. Investors should think about purchasing stock as long-term ownership. They should assess the economic prospect of a business, invest in good management teams, CFOs and CEOs, and pay a reasonable price for that stock. And then, potentially, you may share in the success of a company with the goal of building your own better financial future over time. That's it for today's special episode. We'll be back on Monday for our normal episode of Market Matters, and then again next Wednesday with our final third special episode. In the meantime, you can still let us know what matters to you. Yes, please do. If you have questions or a topic of interest, let us know on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at nylinvestments.com slash blog. Until then, I am Robert Sarenbetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We look forward to hearing from you. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamonts, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about mainstay funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. 
New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.